everybody. Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, you know, what a week of football. We had the LA Rams and Saints game live up to everything we expected and more. Classic Sunday night football action between two top-tier quarterbacks. And, you know, in terms of DFS, it's like, you either played the 7K running backs or you didn't because they all snapped. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about today. As always, we'll go over our biggest tilts, the players you needed to have to cash highly in GPPs, and uh, just everything that happened in Week 9. But before we get to that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the DFS Dose by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Uh, we post a bunch of clips on there from the podcast, so go ahead and follow us on there. You can also follow us on Instagram at the DFSO, same handle, and then subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes at the DFSO. So same handle every everywhere, easy to find us. Let's start with what's important. You know what, what what's that? That Nathan Peterman scored a touchdown. That's what's important. He did score a touchdown. That is important. Did you actually I didn't see what was his uh final his final score? Did he manage the three X, the mythical three X? I don't even think he one X'd did he no he he had 15 points oh really 15.16 at a 4k salary so he outscored trubisky who whose team put up 41 points mind you nathan peterman threw three interceptions and he threw for 189 yards and he scored 15 points yikes you know, I'm not even going to knock it. That was a better point-per-dollar play than my cash game quarterback. So, you know, <laughs> what, Nathan, what can I even Nathan, say? Nathan Peterman had a better point-per-dollar than Cameron Newton. I mean, that seems like a pretty fitting way to get into our tilt. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that was for sure the thing that tilted me the most. Do you guys want to talk about it? Yeah, how um, the, the Panthers get near the goal line on four straight scoring possessions and Cam doesn't score one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, hold on. So the week we actually play Cam, they start giving McCaffrey the ball at the one-yard line. <laughs> yeah, he he had one carry inside of the five-yard line coming into this game. And, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers to, as to how many he got, but it felt like he got, like, 40 carries inside the one today. Yeah, like, come it on. It was just every time they got in there, it's like, all right, I formation. I mean, the first one was the most tilting yeah. when Cam was there, and they gave it to a fullback at the one. Yeah. I'm like, Armara, come or on. however you say his name, scored the <laughs> touchdown on the first drive to go up 7-0, and then McCaffrey scored the next one, and then Curtis Samuel scored the next one after that. McCaffrey scored the, the fourth touchdown, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, they were tripping. It was just wild. I mean, Cam did salvage his day, showing why he is such a great cash game quarterback because even in a game where he had four touchdowns taken in the run game he still managed to put up over 20 points on DraftKings. had 19 completions for 247 yards and two touchdowns a great touchdown throw to olsen another to samuel better um, catch to olsen the catch was amazing oh yeah 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 that, that's samuel what had um, a pretty nice catch too didn't he yeah they were both good catches in the end zone to to give Cam two throwing touchdowns. And he also had his rushing touchdown nullified by a holding call. So Yeah, there's oh that. my god. He faked he faked everyone in the stadium out and then <laughs> that was insane. 
that power. Bad just, like, call. Slow walking. Bad call. Jesus. Um. So we all played him in cash, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean that that was tough, but uh, I mean he managed to get there. Twenty won't kill you. Um, who else was popular in cash? Drew Brees was not that popular. Certainly not as popular as Cam. Like if you look in the the double ups, Cam was pushing like fifty percent, even a little more. In even though Drew Brees was the best play, and we even talked about it. Like well, Drew Brees was in my cash line all week until this morning. Yeah. when I switched him out because I'm a fish. But yeah, that was that was bad. That was bad. We talked about you know this game uh, on the preview episode, and it's just sad. Anything else uh, tilt you guys while we're on our tilt segment here? Yeah, there there's about fifty things that tilted me. How about that uh, Cooper Cup forty-one yard touchdown? I know that struck a special chord with you, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> That knocked me out of everything, so shout-out to that play. Um, playing Chiefs defense when I was on the Dolphins defense all week, but I switched Chiefs defense, and for some reason, maybe not cash. Um, had golf in all week, switched to Cam Newton, what, last night when I was just laying in bed, chilling, you know, looking at the slate. I was like, all right, let me let me get Cam in there. See, see, that's your problem. That's why I don't make my lineup till Sunday. That's your issue. Oh, so so we just gotta wait till Sunday. That's all right. I just make I entered all my contests, throw a dummy lineup in there, wait till about mm-hmm. eleven thirty, make my cash line, talk to you guys at twelve o'clock, finish my my GPP line, and then go on with my day. You know. That's interesting. I'm kind of a combination of the two. Like I make my first cash lineup on like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I I I mess with it all week. Um, usually I, I have my final line by Saturday and the only reason it'll change is for like injuries or, or some late news on Sunday. Um, and I make all my GPP teams on Sunday mornings because I think that that's more impacted by news and ownership and just, just the way of the slate. But yeah, I don't know. I think it can be done either way. As long as you don't make bad adjustments. <laughs> Joey. Eh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in hindsight, I don't think the Chiefs' defense was a bad mistake to go down from the Dolphins. I mean, I had the extra 100 to just go up to them, but I just don't know why I didn't play them. But I don't think the Chiefs' defense was a bad play before the game. Well, Joey and I had the same exact lineup, Minus just the with that difference. Yeah, just with the yeah, defense. Yeah, as, as I played the Dolphins and he played the Chiefs, and it was a toss-up for me. Um, I, I had the extra salary. I thought the Dolphins were a good play with how much Sam Darnold has been prone to turnovers. Uh, there were some reports that the field was all messed up in Miami. I thought that could create some mistakes, but I thought the Chiefs was an equally good play with – you know, Mayfield uh, having an entire new coaching staff and just Greg Williams taking over, I thought they would be really uh, – I, I don't know. I thought it would be kind of a collapsed spot for the Browns. Yeah. Um, same same with me. That's why I played them. But I mentioned the Dolphins' defense on the preview podcast. Like, I brought them up, and I was like, you know, Sam Darnold, blah, blah, blah. Didn't play them, and ultimately I guess that's – that's what I'm going to blame on me not cashing this week. I missed by nine points or eight points, some some dumb. That's how most of my losses have come, just making stupid adjustments at the last minute or last hour. And Who are your running backs? AK, Gurley, and Hunt. 
So the cash line in, in the majority of the double ups was 152 or 153, uh, 152.88 to be exact in the massive 25. Uh, what was your final number, Joey? 143, like almost 144. So ju- just right out, right on the edge. Mm-hmm. How, how did you do uh, all in all, Jared? I cashed, I cashed in everything. I just cashed in double ups. Shout out to Camara. Pushed me over the edge with that five yards at the end of the game. That's so clutch. 50. That's clutch. With fading, uh, fading Gurley. And we can get to that as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> for for me, I uh, I managed to put up one sixty two point three in cash. Um, another good week. I mean, I'll admit though, first to admit here, like I ran hot with this with this result. I mean, my three wide receivers, three rookie wide receivers in cash combined for six catches, and I managed to put up 162. So, um, definitely ran hot, but took down 76 ish percent of my cash games and all my head to heads. So, uh, you know, another successful week in cash, and uh, on to the next one. But you know, I feel like I've became a worse. DFS player this season. Hmm. Thinking too much. Not yeah, exactly. That's, that's Before, cause like we were we were both on OJ Howard, and then oh Stephon Diggs is out. Let me go play Kyle Rudolph for whatever reason, cause everyone else is doing it. Big Good facts. Good job. Good job, Joe. Big facts. That's another reason you didn't cash. If you just stuck with OJ Howard like I did. There, there's there's multiple reasons. Because I went, because, like, I shouldn't have played Todd Gurley. Let's be honest. We could talk about that I mean, right now. Facts. All right, let's 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 get into it um, because, I I've mean, been waiting for you this. guys are dead wrong on this. I've been waiting for no, this. No, nah. I agree that the process is right because you play the guy with the highest floor, which is Gurley, obviously. His floor is anywhere from 25 to 30 points on a given day. But in this matchup, Right, he's going up against the best one. run defense in the league, and like, okay, so I wasn't on the whole. It's gonna be like a low scoring game or forty eight points or whatever under fifty, right? But I did say that if Gurley does have a decent day, his um points are gonna come from his receiving. But he only had six catches, right? But that's six. That's mm-hmm. six points out of his nineteen. Essentially, a touchdown. And so about a third of his points, points came from receiving. And then he got that, um, like that ten-yard uh, rushing touchdown or whatever. He scored nineteen points at a ninety-five hundred salary. Not worth it. Yeah, it, in my opinion, I I feel like I should have faded him. You know, I was fading him earlier in the week, and then we did the preview, thought about it, and mm-hmm. it was just like, all right, yeah, it's kind of dumb to not play him in a in a game that's projected to go sixty points that ended up at an eighty-point total. As you yeah. mentioned, right? As you mentioned in our group chat, that this game will only happen one out of ten times if it's played ten times from Gurley. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I feel like the the process was correct in selecting Gurley. He's the highest floor ceiling combination player in the NFL, and and he grants you that at a price that was reasonable this week. I understand on the surface the price is high compared to some of the other guys, but it isn't like it's an unattainable price. Whereas if you look at FanDuel, he's, you know, over 11K. That's not the case on DraftKings. He's only 9.5. And, and with such easy cash plays like Cortland Sutton, Kyle Rudolph opening up late, uh, there was no there was no struggle to get Todd Gurley into the lineup. 
So I, I don't I don't see why you would fade him in a game that had the 60-point total that was an obvious shootout spot and ended up, you know, surpassing that by 20 points. I mean, Jared, I'm going to tell you the reason I faded him and the reason I said he would get 18 to 20 points, mm-hmm. which he did. So the reason I faded him, because they're playing the Saints who have a really good run defense, right? And how much of right. a threat is is Todd Gurley really in the passing game? Like, how much of a, a literal threat is he to score I mean, 20 points receiving? A, is he a Camara threat? No. No, he's not a Camara threat, but he is an elite talent in, in yeah, that regard. Yeah. He had 64 catches last year. He's, he's an elite pass-catching running back. He's a good pass-catching running back, yeah. So, in this game where you're going into New Orleans – with the point total that high, it's going to be a shootout. They're going to be passing the ball downfield. They're not going to be running the ball like that. If Gurley gets locked down early, it's wraps, and that's what I thought would happen. He would get he would get locked up early, and the Saints would get a lead. And then, I mean, I didn't think it would go. I obviously didn't believe it would go whatever, the 75 points or 80 points, whatever it was. 80. I just think he wouldn't be involved in that passing game, and they weren't going to run the ball. Like, I thought he was going to be involved, but he wouldn't make – this much of an impact like he didn't and I didn't think they'd run the ball that much because they were going to be down so that's why Alvin Kamara was the easy play over him for me and so was Kareem Hunt because when they're down they'll still use them and first of all they went the the Chiefs weren't going to be down to the Browns and I thought the Saints would have the lead so they were just easy plays over him for the especially for the price my uh, love for Thielen this week was so high that I couldn't play both of them, and I chose Thielen over Gurley. Here's here's why I disagree with that because when it comes down to Todd Gurley, um, I think that the the way you could fade him is if you were doing it to play Kareem Hunt, Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. And just in your case specifically, that wasn't the case. You played Chubb instead, which ended up not being crazy because Chubb and Gurley both had a similar output uh Chubb had 16 points to Gurley's 19.9 so that worked out but I mean the thing is is if you had done it for Hunt Kamara and McCaffrey I think that would have made a lot of sense because they all had such high floor ceiling combos this week and their matchups for their prices so I think that would have been understandable I just I just don't see the reason to fade him for a high price wide receiver when there's not only the cost of paying the DraftKings salary, but also the cost of what you're missing out on, which is the value at wide receiver and not being able to play that running back and having to take someone like Chubb, who is showing that he has a floor, but I think Chubb's floor is overvalued at this point because of the touches he's getting. They haven't really gotten blown out yet. And I mean, he's, he's still getting his carries in these game, negative game scripts, which I mean, that that's a case for Chubb, but I just don't see it. And, and another thing is like Todd Gurley, to fade him because of matchup, I mean, what about James Conner? In an arguably just as bad matchup, completely snapped. So it's just like, I think Gurley ran bad, and to say that he was a bad play because of his results, I just don't see it. For James Conner, that's, I mean, you could have kind of predicted he was going to have a good game just because of the usage that he gets that Steelers running backs get on the road. I mean, nobody would have thought this. I thought he would have got 15 to 20 just because of a touchdown. Not because he was going to have 31 touches. But another reason I faded Gurley was because of Chubb. And I thought they were going to have a similar game. Because Chubb was facing the worst team against running backs. So why? So I was just going to take that 
what it's five thousand discount, right? Five thousand yeah. dollar discount, <laughs> and then for like essentially the same points, even though obviously Gurley has a higher floor and could could just break the slate. I didn't think that was going to happen, and I truly believed that he would score 18 to 20 points, and I said that multiple times. So that was the reason I faded him, and another reason why I didn't want to play the value of receiver, I will never play three rookie receivers as my three uh, wide receivers, honestly. That makes no sense to me. I don't know why anybody did that. Yeah. I honestly, yeah. I got su- I got sucked into playing Sutton because he was 81%. Yeah. And Ben was right. You have to if he's eighty one percent at thirty eight hundred. You have to play him because if he snaps, you're screwed. And it, and if he doesn't, you're completely fine. Which was yeah. the case. I mean, he put up eight point seven, which definitely didn't kill you. And even if he put up zero, it wouldn't have killed you because everybody else had him. Yeah. So. And then I didn't see the point of playing Traquan Smith. I mean, he scored a touchdown, so I mean that saved his day. But minus that touchdown, he had two points. And then DJ Moore. They just decided to give McCaffrey the ball today on the ground through the air. I mean, it was just that won't happen every time they play the team with the worst, the defense who was worst against covering slot uh, slot receivers. That was just that was just unlucky today for DJ Moore. The thing is with Moore is like they, they had Moore in almost like, I don't know, I don't know. The thing is I should have stuck with how I felt with DJ Moore. I played him in cash and... He only put up 5.8 points, but it didn't kill you because, again, he was so high-owned, 46.2% in the in the double-up, uh, $25 double-up. So it didn't kill you that he did that bad. But, I mean, in hindsight, like I feel like even Traquan Smith was a better play in that game environment and that shootout versus DJ Moore, who is going to be competing for targets with Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be competing for targets with Curtis Samuel, you know? Um, yeah, I feel you. It's just... Tyler Boyd, think about Tyler Boyd. Like, he's competing for touches with uh, A.J. Green and Mixon, and he snapped last week. And the Bucks are just so bad against slot receivers that if he's wide open, why would you give anybody else the ball, you know? If he's just killing the slot, why would you give anyone else the ball? It was just, it was just they're so bad that you just have to play them. Like, that's why I stuck with O.J. Howard over, um, the weird chalk of Kyle Rudolph because one player is not playing. Uh, it was it was just a weird day for Moore as well. I mean, he had you know three weeks of at least five targets and then got two targets today with Torrey Smith out, which you know you would kind of think the opposite. You would think that that would be like his floor with upside for Moore. You know, with Torrey Smith leaving some uh, some targets on the floor. So I don't know. It was it was definitely a weird day. Um, in terms of some of the most popular cash plays, and I agree that playing three wide receivers, I mean, I was uncomfortable about it for sure. And the closer we got to lock, I had other players in there. I had Deshaun Jackson in cash for a lot of the week, but I figured, well, why would I play Deshaun Jackson at 5K when I could just play Traquan Smith? And they're basically the same role, and I like this, the you know Saints game more. So I went down to Traquan Smith. Um, Which was the right move. I don't know. It was the right move in, in that particular interest, but, I mean, you could also say that the right move would have been to find money to go up instead and play uh, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that's Because Cup was also did. massive chalk, and Cup was in a great matchup. You know, the Saints are also a good matchup in the slot, and Cup exploited that, although he did get locked down for 
quite a bit of that game. If you take away the 41-yard touchdown, he only had, what, like four catches for 40 yards? He, he was not killing anybody who faded him for the majority of that game. But uh, obviously when you get a 40-yard touchdown, that's going to sway things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I just – I mean, I cashed fine. Like, I cashed, so I'm going to take it. But I wish I got off Thielen. Thielen didn't look good today, honestly. He he didn't look he didn't look fast. He looked a little slow. I wish I just stuck with uh, Julio and Cash. Just made I I wish I just made that ballsy move, like I wanted to. That would have been insanely ballsy, but it would have paid off for you. And you know, uh, Julio didn't score more touchdowns than Todd Gurley, he but they did break even. So you know, I I will I will give you that because that's that's impressive to call the Julio touchdown week. Although I guess if you call this is the week every week, you're bound to get it right eventually. <laughs> this, this is only the second. This is only the second time. This is only the second time. That's fair. That's fair. But I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> Just waiting for the group chat to start ringing. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Julio, uh, do you have a stat line in front of you? I actually didn't get that one. Um, no, I don't even have my seven catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, he got lit. So, I mean, yeah, Julio putting up 121 and a touch at, at under 10% ownership, that, that's going to be a great play. And honestly, there were a ton of wide receivers at the high end who could have done that for you this week. Um, you know, Michael Thomas, we, we have to talk about it because Michael Thomas put on an absolute show. This dude took Marcus Peters' soul and just – Marcus I mean, Peters is insane. the most overrated cornerback in the NFL. I've okay, never – Hold on, hold on, hold on. He got com- – well, he, he got bodied today. I need to, I need to come to defense – for my boy. Nah, 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 nah. If you saw the replay, he was turned around trying to get his defense set, and then they just hiked the ball, and then Michael Thomas just ran right by him. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Michael Thomas. It's not like Michael Thomas cooked him. Gotta be ready at all times. I mean, he, I mean, he was well, trying to was, get that, his that dumbass was, defense set. Yeah, but that was one of the eleven catches that Michael Thomas had. So even if you take off that one, did Peters travel? Touch. He still had. I mean, every time yeah. I saw Michael Thomas, Peters on traveled him, with Michael He was Thomas. slaying Peters. He traveled. Oh well, Michael Thomas is elite, anyways. But yeah, Michael. Th- I yeah. mean, uh, Marcus Peters does get burnt at least once a game. So, and in, in this game, he got burnt about twelve times because <laughs> Thomas went twelve for two eleven and one on fifteen targets. Yeah. That's forty two point one points on DraftKings. He was only fifteen percent owned, and I mean. I kind of like looked down on myself because I played a couple different Drew Brees lineups. I only had one with Thomas because I was so infatuated with the Brees to Camara. And I don't know. It seems like Thomas should have been an obvious play here. He had had a couple down weeks, so people weren't necessarily on him. But I mean, just a great play. At the beginning of the year, he was like an elite, you know, machine, just like Thielen. And now, and he's taking that again. I mean, Thomas is clear cut one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Would you take him over Thielen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would yeah, too. Yeah, no doubt. I would too. I just um, feel like his his 12 catch games are always better than Thielen's. Breeze to Michael Thomas completion percentage is insane. Isn't it like over 85% or something? I think so. Like his targets to catches, it's something It's something like 85%. And, and Thielen to Kirk Cousins, I'm pretty sure is pretty low. Plus, he had the nice, uh, you know, cell phone celebration tribute, so that was cool. You know, good for him having fun out there. He's 
putting a beating down on Marcus Peters. Market. Yo, who was that announcer? Because he was pissed. <laughs> Joe Buck. He, oh, yeah. Yo, Joe Buck is such a cornball, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he, like a couple weeks ago or like a week or two ago, he was like, what are podcasts? Does anyone listen to podcasts in 2018? <laughs> it's like, yeah, bro. Like everybody in existence. Like, Yeah, yo, uh, he was pissed. He's like, oh, you can't do that in this game. So let the man yeah, live. No, that seriously that's the that's the one annoying thing i really think about the i mean actually there's a couple things i think about the nfl but that's one of the things that bothers me it's just like how like serious they sometimes take themselves like one of the reasons i think the nba is so successful is because the players have fun and they like i don't know they encourage like the nba encourages that within its players to like show their personalities and have fun and shit like the nfl could learn something from from the nba in I mean, that regard i mean like i see what he's talking about like you don't want to take that penalty at that time give the rams free yards but then again yeah. that should not be a penalty like chill out for real yeah chill out he's still a he's still a kid like michael thomas wholeheartedly agree like like he's like he's a superstar he's a big ass dude he's still a kid he's like 24 years old like he's still like, let them have fun yo like Young this is a huge this is a fun. huge game. Let them have fun. Nah. It's all business. It's crazy. <laughs> Shit is stu- it's uh, stupid, dude. Let's talk about another young beast out on the field at the wide receiver position. Uh the nuclear option. New Hopkins. Dude put on 10 catches for 105 yards, 29.5 points. And this was a fairly obvious spot, in my opinion. It blows my mind that he was owned like he was. I'm, I want to say under 10% uh, in, in tournaments in the $3, uh, you know, play action on DraftKings, under 10%. And I think that that was a function of people wanting to pay up for all the running backs. Um, but, I mean, Hopkins, just a smash spot. We know how he's going to get targeted when Will Fuller's out, and that showed itself today. He had 12 targets on Watson's 24 attempts, a whopping 50% market share. Um, he was already leading the NFL in market share, and now it looks like it's only going to go up from here. Between Thomas and, uh, wait, Kiki, Thomas, no, nobody had over three targets except for Hopkins. Yeah, what happened to Tom? I didn't watch that game because it was irrelevant to me. But what happened? It what happened to Thomas? He had like three targets on the first drive. Did they just? Yeah, they tried to. They like exactly what I said on our live stream. Like they're gonna try and get hot, you know, try and get something for Thomas so he can flash for his old team, you know, get hype. But it's gonna be a Hopkins game. Like you know, Watson, you know, threw to Thomas for the first time today. Like midway through the week, like that's obviously a spot to fade and just go to the guy that he's had a massive connection with for years now. I mean, it's Hopkins all day long, and I, I feel like this is going to be a trend going forward. Yeah. You know, elite wide receiver one matchup proof, just lock and load Hopkins anytime, and when he's low ownership, go heavy on him. You know, a wide receiver who got a ton of targets this week and did absolutely nothing with them <laughs> uh, in that high range was Mr. Michael Evans. Uh, you know, a whopping 10 targets that he somehow converted into one catch for 16 yards. That is mind-blowing. Um, do you guys have any insight on this? Did he have any drops, or was it just, like, uncatchable? A lot of it was definitely uncatchable. Um, it was it was an ugly game from Fitzpatrick. He did not play well, even though he put up a ton of fantasy points. Um, that's kind of been the story for 
both Bucks quarterbacks. Neither of them have been playing really well, but they just are so driven towards like fantasy points and production that they've been doing well fantasy wise. But I mean, yeah, it was just just bad bad targets and like he came into the half with zero catches on six targets. It was just a it was just a really bad game. So um, really, none of the Bucks receivers, Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, or Evans were really able to get anything going. The only one who did was Adam Humphreys, sitting all the way down at 3.6K under 4K. You know, we talk about it all the time. Who are these cheap wide receivers who are going to snap and give you a GPP? A lot of us thought it was more or, or, you know, I don't know who else. More Traquan Smith. That was definitely a popular one this week. But the answer was Humphreys, who got... Eight catches, 82 yards, and two touchdowns, plus seven yards on the ground. Put up 28.9 points at 3.6 on DraftKings, under 1% on. Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. needed to have him to win a GPP this week. Dude, Adam Humphreys has 27 targets over the last three games. Might be a beast. Yeah, he might be a cash game lock next week. He's 3,900 next week did either of you consider him in cash because honestly i did when you looked at him getting 10 targets at 3.6 i definitely thought about it and thought about you know why am i playing deshaun jackson at 5k or traquan smith who are going to get half the targets i just i don't know just with switching back and forth with quarterback every week in that team i just didn't really feel comfortable rolling it out in cash obviously in hindsight it would have been the move for sure some guy I was looking at was Maurice Harris, but I couldn't pull the trigger because I'm a bitch. <laughs> I mean, Harris did end up snapping. Uh, Joey, did you consider either of Harris or uh, Humphreys and Cash? Hell no. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's keeping it real. Just um, two, two players low on the depth chart that... You know, had good games. Although Humphreys, he, he has been getting targets. Like I just said, he's had 27 over the last three games. Definitely wasn't looking at Maurice Harris, though. I was. I mentioned I mean, him. He's, he's going to get all those snaps. He's probably going to end up being the starter because no one else on that offense is doing anything at all other than AP. I mean, Maurice Harris, though, like, it, so it was, I think, his fourth or fifth game um taking over the slot since Jamison Crowder's been out. The thing is, is, like, in the first three games, he had under 50, 50 yards, and he was getting, like, three or four catches per game. So it's, like, this this week where he caught, you know, 10 of his 12 targets for 124 yards, that was, like, definitely an outlier, I think, in terms of his production. I, I mean, I remember a couple weeks ago, I forget which week it was, like, Adam Levitan and some other people played him in cash because he was 3K, and they thought he was going to be the Crowder fill-in. So... I don't know. I guess they were just a few weeks too early, and I don't know. Never came across my radar. I, I do remember you mentioning him, though, which is crazy. Yeah, I liked him over Sutton, but then, you know, what happened with Sutton? Everyone decided they had to play him, so I had to play him. If you put Cortland Sutton in the NFL three years ago or whatever, in the same offense, same price, everything, same matchup three years ago, he was he would not be 80% owned in double ups. Oh yeah, no. That is 100% true that things are a lot more consolidated now. Um 
Wait. But on one level, it's just because I think that more people who are playing DFS are just like actually doing research rather than just shooting random lineups. Because all the casual players who are, you know, just playing random stuff basically lost all their money already and just like gave up on it and went back to season long. Because that's like a more casual, friendly game, let's be honest. Like, you know, people who are consistently cashing on DraftKings are upper tier people. Like, you can just look at the average you know entry results on DraftKings you're like if you're not a top 15% player on DraftKings you're probably not cashing regularly that's true but I'm talking back in 2015 not 2018 yeah you feel me no it's definitely different now it's definitely different now I think the public is sharper yeah the public is sharper because there's so many tools and models like I mentioned that you know help people I mean it's not a bad thing I'm just saying it kind of takes the the point out of watching football when you could just make a model and play players who come in first in your model yeah the models will they help you and they hurt you because they'll lead you to bad plays that don't make sense that you can get off of if you watch football that's why i always think people who do both are gonna have the most edge because if you do want you know either you know because you could be like a joe buck figure where you are completely out of touch with what's happening and analytics and all this stuff and just be like oh these kids you know like back in my day you would run the ball like it's just like that kind of thing it's like too far to one side and you're gonna be left at a disadvantage you got to be open to all avenues of information Especially with so much information out there. That's that's definitely true. But I'm just saying that's how um, that's how we've progressed as a society. Crazy, right? Just a few more notes here for this week. Um you know, we touched on Todd Gurley and we briefly touched, but we didn't really get too in depth on the other big three running backs, Hunt, McCaffrey, and Kamara. All of them were smash plays. Um all of them were priced within 400 of one another, or actually 500 of one another. All of them were priced within 500 of one another, and all of them put up uh, within two points of one another. You know, McCaffrey 32.7, Hunt 33.1, Kamara 33.6. So you couldn't have gone wrong playing any of these guys. They were all in smash spots, and they all put up over 30. So, um, you know. Chances are, if you played cash, you had at least two of these guys in your lineup, maybe three. And yeah, I don't know. Hopefully not Todd uh, Gurley. These guys are just so consistent. Yeah, that would have been the move this week for the first time in <laughs> eight weeks. <laughs> um, you know, just taking a brief peek ahead, you know, Gurley might be a fade next week, but maybe not. I think maybe uh, it'll be your chance to get him at lower ownership for the first time this year. I mean, Without me going in depth in it, he's definitely a fade. Cause Camara is in a smash spot. Fading him every week for the rest of the season. How about Ooh, that? Camara, Gurley. How about that? That'll probably work out well for you. Yeah. Facts. Whenever you have a chance to fade the modern day LT, you have to. Modern day LT. Watch your mouth, Ben. On. Pace to be better than the numbers say it all. You're bugging, Ben. I mean, he ain't gonna break his record though. <laughs> he's gonna break the touchdown. No, he's no. Not. I don't think so, Ben. Might. I'll watch your mouth. <laughs> Get a little. It's gonna put the best season up in years. You're getting a little out of pocket right now. 
I don't. I didn't know that this was the Todd Gurley hater podcast. It is. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to pull the you know three man card, but I think we're up to what five two and one after another uh, you know solid victory with Todd Gurley. I'll mention on my on my team this week. Wow. Hey, listen, I'm gonna ride the Gurley train to like ten wins in this three man. So, shit. It is what it is. I hope you keep playing. I'm just Gurley trying to help you at, boys out. He's at 10k. What is he, what is he this week? 9.4. Yeah, his price went down. Uh, should. That'll be good to get people off of him. Uh. At home, at home, I might play him. I might play him, but I really want to play Kamara. But again, so, tune in Thursday for what we really find out. Facts. So <laughs> we've covered running backs, receivers. So let's cover, you know, these tight ends. We talked about O.J. Howard, right? My son. Uh, Jeff Hireman went 10 catches for 83 yards and one touchdown. I mean, he's going to be interesting if his price stays low. And he's, I mean, any tight end that has that potential to get 10 targets, you have to have some interest in since, you know, tight end is such a wasteland this year. Tight end is always a wasteland. You got the top options, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, you know some other guys, and then notice how it. he said Gronk first. So best. Kelsey, mm-hmm. Kelsey is the best tight end right now. I mean, yeah, right now, but Hurts. Gronk is yeah. the best tight end of all time. So you gotta put respect on the OG's name. All right. I guess maybe. I mean, Kelsey paid off if you played him this week. Seven catches for ninety-nine yards and two touchdowns, almost thirty points. Yeah, if you can um, get that one. I mean, extra that was yard. an obvious play. Yeah, one extra yard away from the 100. That would have tilted me, but I didn't really play him. So, you know, whatever is what it is. OJ Howard and Kelsey in that uh, double tight end and GPPs. That was lit. I mean, let, let's talk about OJ Howard here because, like, I don't know. I know you guys like OJ Howard, but to me it's just like he is running so hot right now. Like, people are just getting lucky over and over again. Oh, I mean, I, like, I don't really like, like him. <laughs> he was just a good play this week. And last week. Yeah, but is he a good play, though? Is he ever a good play when he... I mean, I know he's getting a lot more snaps than Cam Bray, but he had four catches and Bray had three. And, like, there's also Evans and Humphreys and God... It's like this offense is so crowded. Like, I don't want to play someone like that in cash. But, I mean, it worked out, so I don't know. I played him because the Panthers are the worst against tight ends. So, like I said with the Bucks, like, if they're the worst, they're going to get open. And quarterbacks usually throw to the open guy. That's fair, but Howard's been kind of tearing it up on, like, low targets, like, week after week. Them, that so I'm just saying, like, usage. in general. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's athletic. It's just I wish that Cameron Bright wasn't there so he could be getting, like, six or seven catches per week. He, then he could really be in that top tier. He's one of the more dyna- dynamic tight ends in the league, speed-wise, stretching the field-wise. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's got great, like, run after the catch. Like, a lot of tight ends will just catch the ball and fall over. He is definitely yeah, that like guy. Greg like, Olson. Catch it and, like, yeah, <laughs> Greg Olson. Uh, ben Watson comes to mind as someone who just catches it. They're insta-down. Like, Calvin Benjamin should be a tight end. Should have played Ben Watson over freaking Kyle Rudolph. Yo, Ben Watson had a good – didn't he have a really good touchdown? He had a great catch. Yeah, he, he great lost catch. somebody and then he scored. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that. a touchdown then. It wasn't his touchdown was just a good play call. They just snuck Oh, yeah, out. they scored on that drive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I think if the Lions had kept it more competitive, Rudolph would have been a better play, but they just kind of blew the Lions out from the start. Nah, so Kirk just don't really no. mess with Kyle Rudolph like that. Yeah. Don't play Kyle Rudolph in fantasy ever. Um, That's a takeaway from that. I mean, I don't get where that chalk came from. Just because one guy is missing the game doesn't mean, like, he's going to snap. I don't understand Well, just 3,600, just save salary so he can move up to Cam or, or Gurley or wherever. Yeah, I think it was more about, like, the lack of options on this slate than it was about him being a great play. And, I mean, there were some stats out there about him having, like, his target share with the games that – Diggs missed last week he had something like a 25 percent target share i think in those games so i mean it was a reasonable play i think it's just like, i mean i feel like target shares are relevant when you have a brand new quarterback that's fair no that's definitely fair kind of like equating numbers to a new situation that really doesn't have anything to do with the old one that's why i didn't play him i don't know that's facts do you guys have any other notes on this slate before we close out the show for me, I just kind of do want to know. There was a ton of speculation on, you know, Marvin Jones, Galladay, all that following Golden Tate getting removed from the Lions equation. Marvin had eight targets, pretty standard for him. Galladay had four, pretty standard for him. And Riddick had eight targets. Michael Roberts got a couple extra targets. Like like I said, I really don't think that Golden Tate being out of the Lions uh, is really going to be a huge boost for Marvin and Galladay. I think people want that to be the case more than it really is. The Lions just suck. Nah, the I Lions think are, this is a bad year I for I think them. it was just that offensive line. That was terrible today. Ten sacks. Yeah, 10 sacks. I don't know off the top of my head who the Lions play. I think they play the Bears next week in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, which would be like just, uh, I mean, Khalil Mack will probably be back. Like, this dude Stafford tried play. to pitch it to carry on Johnson when he could have just went out of bounds for like four yards. Would have oh, still yeah. been down by one <laughs> score, but he tried to pitch it to him for some reason. I don't know what the hell was that. That was like the most. I was like, that's when I was like, all right, I don't need to watch the rest of this game. Back to red zone. You're not a real fan. You gotta watch the end of all your, all your team's games. Well, luckily that game ended with like a half hour to go in the rest of the one o'clock games for some reason. So it was all good. But one thing, I did want to bring up was uh the defense. Some dude brought up to Ben on Twitter, why weren't the Bears major chalk? At forty two hundred yeah. facing Peterman, um, that's just a lot to pay for a defense. That's a great GPP play. I played them in my GPPs, but forty two hundred for a defense, especially when, I mean, everyone else paid for Gurley, but then you have Kamara and um Hunt and McCaffrey in such good matchups. It's just hard to pay for, pay for a high, high price defense, no matter the matchup. Honestly. Bears defense was a better play than Gurley. Who would have thought? And the Vikings defense. And shout out to the Dolphins. Better play than Gurley. $7,000 discount. (laughs) You guys are stupid. (laughs) I think the thing with defenses is it's so volatile and unpredictable. Like we saw the Vikings bust in the same spot against uh, the Bills at home at 4K. We saw the Bears bust at 3.3K the same exact defense against the Dolphins and Brock Osweiler's first start. So it's like it did work out this week, but it also worked out if you played the Dolphins or the Vikings. So just in terms of a cash game play, like where do you want to sacrifice? I always want to sacrifice at 
the most volatile spots, which is, I feel like, the least predictable, which is defense. So, I mean, the difference between the Bears and the Chalky defense at, like, 2.3, it's basically the same difference in pricing between doing something like paying playing Case Keenum in cash versus Cam Newton, you know? It's, it's literally basically the same salary difference. So, yeah, I'm always going to go down to secure that safety at a different roster spot uh, in terms of cash. So that's just my thoughts. Um, in tournaments, I do think paying up for defense is good. Same way paying up for tight end is good, just because people don't want to do it, and it'll give you a unique lineup. So um, that's just my thoughts on and it. And, like, this week, like, paying up for tight end defense and receiver was a move. And paying down at quarterback and running back was a move. Because, honestly, a GPP winner could have been, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman. Humphreys. Then you could have paid for Humphreys, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Kelsey. Just do the opposite of what you're supposed to do in cash. Honestly. GPPs is all freaking luck. I don't care. You need you just need so much shit to happen. Okay, yeah, you could be you could be on certain plays. That's good process, and that's that takes skill because like you're researching and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you're just depending on those players to try and give you thirty five points. Like I don't care what anybody says, luck is a big factor in fantasy sports. Like even season long for tournaments, I don't think I don't think luck is that big of a part of cash cash games and to win a tournament you have to get lucky you have to get hella lucky depends on the tournament in the mall in the multis like the millie maker you have to be so lucky you just have to have everything go your way from the jump from the jump i mean i'm I'm just saying like people listening like there's a big difference between playing the millie maker in a field of two hundred thousand people and playing like you know, a single entry hundred K spy with like a thousand. Oh people. yeah, yeah. Like it's just completely, it's completely different. The and higher, I, I wouldn't want to say that all tournaments are luck. The higher buy-in, lower entry tournaments are more skill based. Cause they're more like cash games. Well, to win in poker, you need luck. I mean, it's just a balance of skill and luck. Um, like that's that's literally. Well, one could of... argue that luck isn't real, but I'm not gonna dive into that. It's kind of like a. You know, just a little. No, dive into it. Just a little saying. uh, You know, meta conversations like that. Well, as they say, you create your own luck by luck is just decisions that you make. You could argue that, but I don't. I don't mess with that because personally, I just like to blame me losing on me being unlucky. So. Oh my God. And that is definitely true as someone who has known you for many years. I am an unlucky person. I don't know why. I don't know who I'm pissed off, but I piss somebody off. You're either on, you're either unlucky or bad at fantasy. Well, I'm good at it. I'm <laughs> I'll, good. Take, I'll take the latter of the two. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Season long, see me. Oh. Ben, I beat you twice in season long today, and I'm four and I'm four and zero oh against you. Uh, you beat me on two dynasty teams that I'm in a full blown re rebuild for both so gg i've been in a rebuild for three years now (laughs) i think we're a little bit off the rails here deep diving into our dynasty uh you know teams at this point so we should probably wrap here um any any week nine notes before we before we close out i will never play deshaun jackson again 
That's all I got. He's to on say. the uh, do not touch yeah. list. We should we should update the do not touch list for the people every week. So. Do not yeah. touch list. All right. Deshaun I'll post Jackson. it. I'll post it on the Twitter. Uh, post it on Twitter tomorrow so you guys can see the updated all list. Right. All right, so yeah, make sure that you do follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Uh, we'll definitely be retweeting Jared's Do Not Touch list, among all sorts of other great content that you can see on our Twitter every day. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at the DFS Dose and on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we did our live stream this morning. Um, you know, it didn't really help my tournament process, so. Uh, you know, I'm going to blame that on the fact that there were technical difficulties and we had to start a bit late. So, yeah. you know, we're going to be locked yeah. in. Shout next out week. to Skype. You shout know. out to OBS for being so trash. Yep. Shout out to them. Shout out to um, our tech guy. So, yeah. Couldn't figure it out. Our tech guy, Joey. Um, <laughs> word. We just need Roto Grinders to sign us so we can, you know, upgrade the equipment. Yeah, for real. We're like SoundCloud rappers who are trying to get signed. Nah, here. we ain't trying like, to get else. signed. We're trying to make a new wave. Shout out to losing. I love it. Shout out to L's, you know. Shout out to L's. You can find them in Joey's Corner weekly. Facts. But, yeah, that's going to be it for us. You can follow, like I said, our Twitter at the DFS Dose. You can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore. And you can find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. All right. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode previewing all of week 10. Uh, see you guys then. Thank you.